happy wednesday i'm super happy to be back to you today with another episode of wellness wednesday inspiration with dr linda marcus we have an amazing guest today julia silva and today's topic is what is kundalini yoga and how it can help improve every area of your life and i'm super excited about today's topic i personally don't know a lot about kundalini yoga so i'm ready to get uh, informed and um just ready to learn today. And Dr. Linda, how are you? I'm great. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Our favorite um, day of the week, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Coming together, it's always exciting with the fun topics we get to talk about. We learn a lot as well. And, you know, we both are personal development gurus and always in the research when it comes to health and wellness, but we're always learning. And that's what's the beauty of, you know, this podcast and able to connect with other people as well. And I'm, I'm in the same boat with you with Kundalini Yoga. It's something different and I have um, experienced it, but I don't really understand a whole lot of what it's what it entails, the history and that. So we're gonna get educated today. So I'm super excited um, about that. So we'll um, we'll go ahead and bring on our guest and um, do an introduction with this lovely, impressive lady. Wonderful. Julia, how are you doing today? Satnam, I'm doing great, thank you. Hi, Julia, and everyone, this is um, Julia Silva, and she's very impressive. Um, when I met Julia years ago, one thing that really just stood out, one, she's an attorney, okay? <laughs> she looks amazing, knows how to manage her stress. She was one of the first Latina mayors in the United States. It's pretty impressive, and so at such a young age, and. She um, served as mayor, vice mayor, councilwoman, and um, you know for four years in, in 1976. She also attended law school, and she was actually in law school while she was doing all this. And if any of you, when you attend a professional school, it's it's a lot. It's very demanding, mm -hmm. and so she has a private practice in real estate, corporate business, and probate and estate planning. And she's also teaching at Southwestern Law School in LA. And she does teach the um, commercial cannabis, that's the regulation of commercial cannabis law, which is up and, up and booming, of course, cannabis would get and be legalized in so many states. So she's your go-to gal, I always say. And she's been married to her high school sweetheart, well, not high school, but to her sweetheart for 31 years. He's amazing. And her two, she's got two adult children, so. Julia's just, I always, I look at her and she's just um, someone that I really admire. And one thing I like about Julia, she's all about family, but what happens, what happened with her and I'll let her share her story. But you know, when, when she lost her mom, that was a pivotal point in her life that led her to, you know, looking for something different, something new to kind of replace the, you know, a lot of us when we lose a loved one, we grieve and especially, you know, in the Latin culture, we're, we're very much um, attached to our mamas. You know, I know I am and so are you, Fernanda, and the same with Julia. So um, that's kind of what was a big, um, I would say, milestone in her life. So, you know, welcome, Julia. And, you know, share a little bit about the story. You know, why, you know, why, why did you get involved with Kundalini, uh, Kundalini Yoga, especially, you know, you're very, um, I always say science-based, you're about, show me the research, show me the research. I always remember you and like, okay, what does the research say about Dr. Linda? And I pull stuff up from PubMed and I'd send it to you. 
Right. Well, thank you for the opportunity to be here with you today. It's a pleasure to meet you, Fernanda. I've seen you on the show, and it's a pleasure to meet you. And Dr. Linda, you know, you're my guru. You're the one that got me into health and wellness, what was it, at least 10 years ago, and uh, taught me how to eat healthy and still still teach me teaching me things about how to eat healthy. But I was I felt I was lacking like a spiritual, a spiritual. Oh, I was brought up Catholic. Um, I felt I was still lacking some type of a sixth sense, if you will. So I, a girlfriend invited me to a Kundalini course and I just fell in love with the program and I fell in love with the, the way of life and I fell in love with what it did to my, to my body. It, it, it brought a whole uh, different uh, approach to my central nervous system and the relaxation techniques they have and uh, it, it helps your central nervous system, your digestive tract, your emotional state. I mean, just just learning how to use the, the techniques and the breathing techniques are very, very effective in helping helping me personally cope with, with stress and anxiety and depression and all the other things we suffer with. And I'm very grateful that I'm that I'm a practicing Kundalini yoga uh, and I'm and I'm an instructor now. Wow, that's impressive, Julia. And that is if you think about it, especially in today's times with everything that's going on, so many people that are dealing with anxiety and stress and uh, fear and all of these negative emotions that are affecting people. And over time, and we've talked about this time and time again during the show, that all of these lack of coping mechanisms over time lead to disease. Yes. So yes. having something, whether it's meditation, whether it's a practicing yoga, whether it's whatever it is in a positive way that can help relieve that stress, that can help bring us back to basics, bring us back to our inner nature. Right. It's so, um, so needed, especially in times like these today. Right. right. And Kundalini yoga is not just about, you know, practicing yoga and the stretching and the breathing. It, it's a way of life, you know, like Dr. Linda preaches herself, you know, eat healthy, no alcohol, no drugs, eat, liver and onions and you know, <laughs> ginger and you know garlic i mean all those things is very much part of the kundalini yoga lifestyle they are vegetarians primarily and um so they definitely believe in a healthy lifestyle and yoga is just a subset of, of the lifestyle so julia can you explain to the audience what is kundalini yoga okay well what i was taught when i went to my class being certified this is our this is our book that we use and um, what we are taught is kundalini yoga is the diamond of all yogas and i couldn't understand what that meant but i think i understand now because kundalini yoga is not just about breathing and stretching and positioning and uh, angles but it's it's a spiritual approach to to the practice you actually have these lovely songs that you listen to and these lovely chants. Some, some people get turned off with the chants, but I, I, I've learned to enjoy them very much and they're, they're very relaxing. And you do the chants in coordination with the breaths and you do long, deep breaths, you do short, deep breaths, you breathe with your nose, you breathe with your mouth, you alternate, there's different types of practice. Uh, my favorite one is just close your eyes and breathe with your nose in and out. But there, there are many forms of breath. There's a breath of fire, which also helps relieve stress. Uh, but the easy one that I actually teach my, my students um, when I teach my law class is the long deep breath through the nose and the eyes closed. You sit up straight, your arms 
your arms at your side and just breathe. <laughs> That's so awesome that you actually get to teach your students that. You know, <laughs> in law school, it's demanding. It wouldn't have been great if you had an instructor, a professor that when you were in law school that taught you that because that is that's a very demanding profession where it's not about your schedule it's about their schedule it's like we need you to be in the courthouse at such and such time they don't ask can you be there it's like you you have to make it there somehow so it's very demanding and i think a lot of people don't understand that and when you're in law school and i know with you as well um Fernanda, nursing school, it's very demanding. People don't realize when you go to a professional school, when you're done with your four years and then you continue your education, it, it's very difficult to work during that time because you just want to focus on, on schooling, make sure that you get the basics down before you head out into practice. So I, I think they're very fortunate to have that. So like you were mentioning, there's different types of there's different types of yoga, but this kind of being like the the diamond, like, you know, the, the diamond at a platinum level. Yoga, a little bit from what just I read, because I like to prepare a little bit for, for you know, our podcast. And it this kind of excited me in a way because I'm going to be going to a training that Fernanda already went to, and she can tell you more about that. But it was a lot with they talked about, you know, kind of awakening an energy in the in the Kundalini. It really focuses on that base, and I think Kundalini. There, there's a definition for that with with the Kundalini. It's almost like you have like this coiled. It's almost like a coiled snake at the base of your sacrum at the, um, at the very bottom that can be ignited and really just open up your different energy centers in your um, throughout the body. So can you explain a little bit that and kind of give us a connection with that? Right. Well, I have never really become expert in the seven chakras, but um, it is definitely a, a practice where you're always focusing on the spinal cord, the spinal cord and the, and the central nervous system, you know, runs along from the brain all the way down to the end of the, the end of the spine here behind you and they are very much part of the kundalini you're always wanting to keep a straight back always and when you deep breathe you you breathe with your stomach expanded you start from the bottom then you go to the sacrum area and then you go to the chest area and the shoulder area so you're always trying to bring the energy up mm. through the through the through the deep breathing and then you when you let the breath breath out and then you decrease and then you uh, let all the breath out from the shoulders and the chest and the stomach area. And you're always just constantly working on the spinal cord and the central nervous system to keep it energized and keep it flexible for sure. And definitely just keep the energy flowing. And that is awakening the Kundalini rising Kundalini, mm -hmm. what we call it. You know, I like Dr. Linda share, I just came back from a week of a retreat. Um, it was mainly meditation, a meditation retreat with Dr. Jody Spencer. Oh. And of course, in every meditation, we would focus on our breathing, right? Because it's so important to do breathing techniques to change the energy and bring the energy from our lower centers up to the upper centers of the body. Mm -hmm. and so during that uh, time, during that week, we practiced the pineal gland um, breathing. So bringing mm -hmm. the energy from those survival centers up to the pineal gland. 
And I have continued to do the meditation every day since I came back. And every time that I do it, Julia, and I want to share this with you, I get a different response. Mm-hmm. And it's a more powerful response. I've sh- I, like, I think I lost consciousness for a couple <laughs> of seconds last time. I literally, when I came back to it, I was leaning back on my chair. I shake and it's super intense, but it's bringing those, that energy that has been stuck in those survival centers for so long all the way up. And it's like you said, right? It's focusing on the spine and literally visualizing as you're breathing how the energy is moving up into the higher centers. Mm-hmm. You use it for creation and you can use it for uh, simply not survival, right? So you can have energy to do things that you really want to do and focus on what you want to do and not just surviving every day. Right, right, right. A, a free flow of energy, release all the blockages. And it doesn't just do it physically, it does it emotionally, it does it spiritually, and then you feel uplifted. I know when I when I meditate, I can do it sitting straight up, but my favorite is flat on your back, no pillow, and just deep breathe. I mean, you can actually, after 20 minutes, you can feel the pulse in your fingertips. It's just a wonderful feeling to have that control of your body. And you do feel elated, you feel you feel a natural high by mm-hmm. exercises and a lot of pressure in the head too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a discipline. That's really a discipline. And as I was like listening to you, Fernando, I'm, I'm excited and I've been practicing the pineal gland meditation and I haven't got to that point where, where you have, I, I felt like tingly sensations. I, I feel like, okay, my head's about to like explode or something. A lot of pressure. Yes. And, and then that's, and they talk a lot about the energy centers with the, with the pineal gland um, meditation and with, of course, Kundalini about bringing the breath up, bringing the breath up. And I think that's really more of the practice, the Kundalini um, yoga, right, Julia, compared to, I don't know, let's just say like hot yoga. I mean, it's like night and day, right? I mean, there's really no comparison to that because most of them are a lot of the positions seated with Kundalini, but you talked about some of them laying down, um, but are a lot of them sitting up like in that royal noble position with the straight spine? Right, I would say 50%, at least 50% of the practices are straight spine at all times, your tummy in straight all the time, your hands at your side, you can hold the mudra here, but most of the time it's that way. But they have positions. You could they do the the different uh, cat cow move. They do the leg stretch. They do all kinds of different positions. But the deep breathing um, you can do at your chair is very easy. Just with your arms at your side, straight up. That's what we try to make it easy on on the practitioner. It shouldn't be complex, and it shouldn't shouldn't cause headaches. It actually should cause relief. It should cause uh, tension relief. And uh, relaxation, elation mm-hmm. is what you should be able to get out of it. Yeah. Julia, are there any any contraindications for anybody who should not practice Kundalini yoga? I know there are certain positions that pregnant women should not do. You know, the inversions. Uh, that's probably the only real limitation. I mean, if you have a bad back, don't don't do the back exercises. You know, the stretching of the back. But you can definitely sit straight up. I would think that would not be a problem. Mm-hmm. So, no, other than the inversions for the pregnant women, I don't really see it, or, or bad back, you know, I don't really see a lot of problems with doing deep breathing, sitting straight up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy to do. 
That's all. Even for kids, I was thinking earlier when you mentioned about a lot about uh, about the breathing and the belly going in and out. I, I would love to imagine a little five-year-old <laughs> practicing meditation because they breathe with their belly. When you see a little baby, they're breathing with their belly. And as adults, we don't we don't do that. And you and I were having that conversation that even when we work out at times when we're doing exercise, we're holding our breath. And I didn't realize that until a few months ago when I started a, a class. And he's like, breathe, breathe. And I'm like, and I'm, I felt like saying, I am breathing. But what, what, we get, what he meant was you're holding your breath. It's like, we not, it's not like we cannot breathe. It's just like, you're not exerting. Mm-hmm. And I find that it's like, you're, it's almost like you're holding all this tension in. Right. So when have you found that it's the best time to practice um, Kundalini yoga? I wanted just to answer uh, mm-hmm. uh, such a point on a couple of things. I have a five-year-old niece who I do this Kundalini yoga with, you know, not strenuous, and she just loves it. Oh, and, she wow. can, and she connects with it and she enjoys doing it. So young, youngsters can do it. Um, let's see, when do I practice? I try to practice in the mornings. If possible, I get up at 6 or 5.30 and practice for an hour at least, minimum. They say to practice at least two hours from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And I'm not that dedicated. But definitely, I enjoy practicing in the morning because it really sets a tone for your day. It really makes you feel in control of your emotions and your your appetite. It feels you, you're in control of your mind. It's clear. It really is very helpful to do it early in the morning. I believe there's a thing called um, sadhana that kundalini yoga uh, practitioners dedicated do every morning at 4.30. And I think some yoga studios have the sadhana for free, although not not during coronavirus. But at one time, you could go to any kundalini yoga studio and they would have sadhana for free in the mornings at 4 o'clock, 4.30. Wow. That's something for us to look into. (laughs) Right, Fernanda? Yeah, we're always see what what else we can do to to keep improving. Always I want to check online too. They may have sauna online for 4:30 in the morning. I don't know. Wow. Wow. Practitioners. We'll look, we'll look into that, right? Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. So Julia, a question comes to mind about everything that we're talking about, yoga and meditation. Do you always meditate when you're practicing Kundalini yoga? Is it separate? How does that work with meditation? Oh, very good question. Yeah, a, a full Kundalini yoga course has warm ups. You know, you warm up your muscles, you stretch, and then you start with the the the, the welcoming prayers, which is all deep breathing. It's all just Om Namo Gurudev Namo. And then you do that three times at least. And then they have another prayer that you do. And it's all deep breathing. And by the time you start the course, which is another 20, 30 minutes of, of deep breathing, different exercises, different things you do. And then you'd go into the meditation. I used to love meditation. And then you'd lay flat on your back. You can cover yourself with a blanket. And at least 20 minutes of, of gong. The gong music is nice. Or just no music or some guided meditation is nice. But that it's not it's that meditation would be different from the course. And then after that, you do a, a closing prayer and you can also do other prayers because after you do your warm ups and after you do the class and after you do the meditations, then you're ready to do the prayers. Mm. So they do have prayers that we do and gratefulness prayers and prayers for forgiveness, prayers for the, for your life, prayers for whatever. But that's when you're ready to pray when you when you've exhausted all of that. <laughs> 
And it's a wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful practice. I don't say I do it all the time. Most of the time I do the opening prayer and meditation of a time. But ideally, if you do have time, you do all those four steps. And it's a, an elation feeling, feeling of elation. One thing I've noticed, though, Julia, there was a time where I think you were waking up even earlier to do to do the practice. And we were chatting and we and I got to see you also. And I noticed a presence about you. There was just a calmness about you. It just your I could just feel your energy. It was just it was just beautiful. You were just relaxed. But I felt like you were abundant. I don't know if that makes sense. You were just this relaxed person, just full of life. And, you know, in the profession that you're in, I mean, that's a very demanding. I mean, every single lawyer that I personally know and have met and have to dealt have dealt with, I'm like, Julia's, I always say, Julia's not your typical lawyer. Anytime like I I refer someone to her, I always say, she's not your typical lawyer. Because most of them are like stressed out, don't give you the time and are just very short with you and don't have a personality. You were never like that. Mm -hmm. However, when you started your Kundalini practice, it's almost like you had more time and things just came to you with ease. And I noticed like your life really changed in a positive way. There was even, there was more abundance in your life as a result of this. And, yeah. I, it, and is it you think because you're taking the practice, taking that, for, you know, that first hour or two hours of the day to really connect with spirit, with guide, with God, and and honoring that and revering that time in the morning. And to me, it's kind of like, okay, this is the time that I get to connect with God so that the downloads can happen so that he can instruct me to what I need to do. Yes. Did you kind of find a connection with that? Oh, yes, absolutely. No, I, I'm pretty intense. You know, the demands of the job and being a mom and a and a wife and all the things we do. And I love to cook and I love to garden. So I, 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 I'm I very active. Uh, but Kundalini definitely has helped calm my spirit. <laughs> and I really do appreciate that because uh, I was pretty, I think I, I still have that, you know, type A plus personality. And I think the Kundalini just helps you calm down. There's an exercise also called the ego eradicator when you sit up like this and your thumbs up and, and you, you know, do the breath of fire that, that I do try to do regularly. Also that helps to cope with the, uh, you know, stress and opposing counsels. It can be difficult. You don't let it, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's very helpful uh, coping mechanisms. <laughs> That's awesome. That is amazing. Now do you practice in the morning? You mentioned um, ideally, you know, the amount of time that you may have in the morning, but do you find that you use different Kundalini yoga techniques during the day, depending on what's going on? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I do deep breathing throughout the entire day. Sometimes I need to just go outside and take 10 deep breaths and just, and that's not Kundalini necessarily, but that I learned it. I learned it through Kundalini. I guess people can, like you're learning it through your doctor, Dispenza. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a Kundalini proprietary thing, but it's just learning how to cope with your with your um, the skills, the coping mechanisms that you have. The breathing skills are valuable, mm -hmm. and you know I learned it through Kundalini, and I and I do do deep breathing throughout the entire day. Yeah, you're right, Doctor Linda. Some people are very short breathing, and when and when I went to with my husband with his trainer the other day, and and um, he said breathe, breathe, and I'm going, but you're not telling him when to 
take the breath and when to release the breath. But I didn't say anything. But the trainers, they need to say, okay, you're going to exert energy, uh, inhale. And then you're going to exert the energy. That's when you exhale. And he wasn't teaching, you know, my husband how to do that, but he was doing it opposite. Easy to do opposite. Mm -hmm. So you need to, when you're exerting the energy, lifting the weight, if you will, and then when you exhale, you ex, you know, exert the energy, and and it, and you do it deep, and you do it, um, you know, deep, long, deep breaths, and you get a better workout. I think. I think. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, you so certainly have when you. Go ahead, Dr. Linda. Allison, I just mentioned was so the when do you exhale? Was he like, if, for instance, if he was doing the, let's give an example, like the bench press. And yeah, let's do the bench press. You have your bars and then you, you have, when you, when you, when you exert the energy, you lift up and then. Yeah, they're probably not going to be long, deep breaths because mm -hmm. you're, you have a heavy weight on your hand, but that's, you don't have to always do long, deep breaths. But that's how you breathe. When you exit, when you inhale is when you're exerting a lot of energy. And you can do it with your mouth. You can do it with your nose. But that's how you breathe when you're doing the exercise. I guess when you're on the bike and you're doing energy there, just do deep breathe as you go along. Mm -hmm. Weightlifting or doing squats or lunges, you do the lunge and then exhale when you complete the set. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not a trainer, but that's how I would recommend it. <laughs> I know that's how I do it with Kundalini Yoga. When I'm doing an exercise, I, 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 when I'm stretching hard, and then when I want to stretch more, I take a deep breath and I stretch more. Mm. And then when I'm done breathing and I release, then I exhale. Mm. Julia, if I want, and you mentioned that there's probably online. Uh, yoga sessions out there but if I wanted to join kundalini if I wanted to start practicing kundalini yoga what would be the best way for me or for anybody listening to go about it to learn about more more about kundalini and start practicing kundalini yoga right um I think because of covid there's not a lot of studios open unfortunately I mm -hmm. think some studios are going outdoors but I still I uh, don't know if they're very active I just say go online. I do some online courses still. Uh, there's this woman in Brazil. I can't remember her name right now, but she does Kundalini courses, I think, Thursday mornings at 8 or 9 o'clock. Lovely, lovely lady. And I get a full workout out of it. I, I, we go through all the steps and all the, all the parts of the class, and it, it's a wonderful workout. So you can do it on, on, online. I, my, my, my goal was to open up my own yoga studio. I built it. I planned it. I painted it. I put in the hard <laughs> floors and then COVID hit. So here I have an empty studio. <laughs> but, with, but with time, I think that'll happen. And, you know, I, and I did just want to uh, mention something because with, with Julia being an attorney and she's, She's ferocious. I mean, she fights for her clients and she's very a perfectionist. Like I losing is not an option. <laughs> Winning and you know, she's in a field, especially when you go into litigation, you're in a field where there's not a lot of women. So it could be pretty intimidating, especially the judges, right? They're usually men and maybe 90 some percent when you of, of your opposing counsel 
are males and they, they can try, they can be very intimidating. That's a tactic. However, with you just kind of just, you're calm, you're, you're just very focused. I think this has really helped you even focus even more. Is that right? With just kind of just getting that energy and just, just being centered kind of right. like when you went to the retreat, um, Fernanda, where it was about bringing the breath from the bottom, bringing it all the way up. And it was just like <laughs> letting it release to stimulate that, um, the pineal gland, but just, you know, really to just move that energy. And it's almost like everything else that you do is like almost effortless. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I don't want to be intimidating to people, but being a woman and being Latina, and being a loud mouth, sometimes I think I intimidate people. I don't mean to, but people aren't used to seeing Latinas in positions of power. And it's very difficult and it's very awkward, but I'm never gonna give up. <laughs> I always want to see Latinas in powerful positions and women, women, professional women. I, I enjoy that very much. I support a lot of women's organizations. We really do need to support each other. Um, but uh, yeah, it is intimidating. But you're right, you just do deep breaths and, and you, can, you can handle it all. Julia, you mentioned briefly at the beginning of the show about the benefits that you have found in your life. Can you go a little bit more in detail about how Kundalini Yoga has changed or, or helped transform your health and your life yes. um, as a whole? Yes, yes. Uh, I just think it's brought more calmness because before I was kind of, I think I was a lost soul. Lost soul. I mean, I, I tried to eat healthy. I met Dr. Linda 10 years ago. She taught me, you know, healthy eating. I've been following, trying to follow her plans, but there was still something lacking. It made me more of a spiritual person. I do my, I do my candles. I do my, I do my sage um, <laughs> every day. And it, it's just a wonderful, you know, uh, addition to my life to, to calm the spirit and calm the soul to be able to, to focus better. Once you're, you have a calm spirit and a calm soul, you can focus better. And like you, Dr. Linda said, you have more energy. You have more time because mm -hmm. you're not, you know, scrabbled in the brain. It's very important, the clarity of mind that you get from the deep breathing exercises and, and eating healthy and going to bed early and waking up early. All of that, it's a combination of things that help you lead a very healthy and, and successful lifestyle. I, I, I actually pray for prosperity, too. And that's one of the prayers that Kundalini offers and, and you pray for prosperity in your health and your relationships. And uh, it, it's, I, I find it very effective. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And one of the, I know that you had given me a, a kind of like a little protocol with Kundalini. It was more for adrenals to strengthen the adrenals. And I know you had asked also Fernanda about, there's different types of like little practices that you can do. And I think it was like maybe like a 10 minute, a 10 minute one where you can do something for one position for a minute. But I noticed that a lot of it focused more on the breathing, which I like because I have gone to yoga classes and I was just so worried about getting the right poses that I wasn't focusing on the breath. And I think the breath is really the core and very important. And I, that's why I really, this practice, um, just as invigorating and it also just has really caught my eye and so i'm going to do my <laughs> adreno kundalini protocol that you gave me later on today when i get a break in between patients here so yeah 
Now you can easily incorporate it into your daily life. Just do the deep breaths, you know, make it easy on yourself. <laughs> That's wonderful. Julia, could you tell the audience the three most important things or basic things about Kundalini yoga just to finalize today? Yes. Let's see here. The three final things to learn. Um, do you want me to do a breathing exercise? Do we have time for that? Absolutely. So um, I'll go through a deep breath exercise that I do with my students. Okay. Um, so for this, I think I'm going to have us hold our pinkies together like this and your arms down by your side. And you're going to do metrics where you pull your pinkies out. But always keep your arm and your thumbs straight up, your hands by your sides, your elbows by your sides. And then you, when you inhale, pull the pinkies. Exhale, release the pinkies. Inhale and close your eyes. Inhale, pull the pinkies. Inhale more. Inhale more. Hold it. Exhale slowly. Release the pinkies. And when you inhale, you, you, your, your stomach is like a balloon. Your stomach goes up. Your, your chest goes up. Your shoulders go up. And hold it. And when you exhale, your shoulders go down. Your chest goes down. Your tummy goes flat. Keep your eyes closed, breathe through your nose. Chest is full, shoulders are full. Inhale, exhale. Tummy's flat. Pinkies are released. Now inhale. Hold the breath. Exhale. Tummy's flat. Inhale, inhale, last breath, inhale, hold it, exhale slowly, put your hands on your laps, enjoy <laughs> that was awesome isn't it awesome i know it's so easy to do and we don't do it enough in society <laughs> love it i loved it yes yes thank you so what is something that a um, couple takeaways here one the simple exercise that we can do and another one will probably be just to make make it part of your practice in maybe in the morning that probably be another one would be another like third takeaway that you would highly recommend uh i really do like the ego eradicator <laughs> learn about it what is it you know people don't understand that concept the ego eradicator is where you know you you leave your ego behind you you're strong enough to leave your ego behind so therefore, with all these other egos out there in the orbit, don't bounce you and don't minimize you and don't hurt you. You know, I do recommend learning about the ego eradicator, which is really with your hands up like this and your thumbs up straight up. And then you do breath of fire. I mean, that probably is another session, but uh, that's very helpful too. just learning that concept and walk through your life, learning that your ego is not going to be tarnished or blemished or stamped on because 
you've already left it behind and you can handle all these things that are thrown at you throughout your daily life, which is a lot from the dog to the dog <laughs> catcher to the husband and the opposing counsel and whatever <laughs> you cope with, with things. You don't get freaked out and you don't get stressed out. You just go along your day. That's awesome. I think we all need a, an ego eradicator session in our lives. <laughs> I'm not the expert at it, but I do practice it and I find it, like I said, I find it effective. And just wow. eat healthy. Dr. Linda, you can tell us about that. Just always try to eat healthy, eat clean, mm -hmm. you know, eat your healthy fats and it, it's yes. all part of it's all part of Kundalini. It's a lifestyle, you know. Yes. It's not, some, it's not a secret. Mm -hmm. Love it. Wonderful. Julia, just to finalize now, can you tell us what you're grateful for today? Oh, my goodness. I am grateful for my health. I'm very grateful for my health. I'm 65 years old, and I'm, I think I'm in perfect health. Very grateful for the opportunity to still get up and get up and do everything that, that I do. And I, I feel like that, that helps me be able to cope with everything I'm doing. Uh, a lot of people are not healthy in these days. I, I haven't been affected by COVID. My family hasn't. And, and you know, you attribute it to a healthy lifestyle. You know, we, we don't live in crowded conditions. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I'm not an, an essential worker. Some people are essential workers. They have to be in, in crowded conditions. So I pray for, for those people. And it gives me, the, I have the power to pray also for, for other people. That's all I'm grateful for. That's beautiful. Thanks. Awesome. What are you grateful for? Oh, just learning so much and for today. Just the just a reminder from both of you ladies that I, there's always so many takeaways, and I always like to go back and listen and just it just being a, I think just being around the right people, you know. But really, just taking the time in the morning mm -hmm. to connect with God. I'm so grateful that I'm catching up to you, Fernanda. I'm at four ten now. <laughs> Because <laughs> she gets up at four and I'm like, okay, I was at five and 445, 430. And then I went 420 and I'm like at 410. <laughs> so what time do you go to bed? Between 1030. What time, Fernanda? 10, 1030. Okay. Wow, that's not a lot of sleep. I think I need like eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Fernanda? Something you're grateful for. Uh, Julia, before I started meditating, I needed eight hours of sleep. Otherwise, I really had a difficult time the next day being uh, productive and focusing and just getting things done. As I started meditating, I really found that I didn't need to sleep so much to be able to function the next day. As a matter of fact, I feel like I function better. Oh. I feel like I'm more focused. I feel like I get more things done and I really don't feel tired during the day. I mean, it's very rare when I'm like, you know what? I kind of feel like a, like I need a nap, right? It doesn't really happen very often, but it all happens since I start meditating. And the more I meditate, the less tired I feel and the most, more focused I feel. So, yeah. Yeah, I believe, I believe you. That's very true. I believe in that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I was also not a morning person not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I started forcing myself to wake up earlier and earlier and it becomes, uh, it really becomes second nature now, right? It becomes a habit. So when I don't do it, I really feel like I just wasted a lot of time in the morning, right? That I could have used for myself because I, I have kids too. And once they wake up, it's like, you know, I can't meditate with 
two kids just jumping around and, and being, you know, allowed and everything else. So it's my time. Right. Right. No, that's definitely a good time to have without the kids and the family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Dr. Linda, are you still doing the cold showers? Yes, I am. I did a cold shower this morning and it was cold. And then I walked to my class and it was cold. <laughs> yeah, you're deep breathing when you're doing your cold showers. <laughs> and just to finalize what I'm grateful for today, I actually, and I shared last time that I bought these uh, heart rate monitor or the, yeah, the variability mm -hmm. uh, monitor. And I've been using it every single day as I meditate. And yesterday and today, I have, I literally have had like 80% coherence in my meditations, which is huge. And so I'm very grateful that I, that I keep on doing the practice, even when I don't feel like meditating, I force myself to meditate and I'm seeing the results from meditation. So I am super grateful for that. And also, of course, as always, to be connecting on the podcast Dr. Linda, and of course, having such a wonderful guest as you are, you have been, Julia. Oh, yes. well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And with that, I think we're going to finish. Yes. Thank you yes. for a wonderful, wonderful podcast, Julia and Dr. Linda. Thank you. Yes. And we'll see everyone next week. All right. All right. All right. See you all. Bye. Have a good one. <laughs>